today's message, we're going to continue on. We discuss it's not a phileo, brotherly type of love, a human type of love. It's not a transactional type of love or familial obligation type of love, but agape love. Love is patient. Love is kind. And we took a deep dive into the Greek and the uh, actual text that patience means to suffer long when wronged. And if that's going to be the theme today, we're going to kind of go down that rabbit hole that may make some of us feel a little uncomfortable, even though we're talking about love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love suffers long when we are hurt. Nobody likes to think about that, do we? It also talks about love is defined in kind of this, these other different ways. Um, the lack of envy, not to be envious, is also a different way of thinking about love. Not boasting, not being proud, not dishonoring others or self-seeking. I mentioned last time it's kind of like a crab mentality, dog-eat-dog world competition. That passage goes on to say, love is not easily angered. Wow, that's, that's a tough one. It's the lack of a temper, not easily angered at something that may be real or imagined. Uh, we talked about in small group that uh, lots of people can become enemy-focused. That is, so focused on being victimized, that it just uh, defines our energy. It defines how we relate to other people. Because we have been hurt so bad that we just, what do they call, gnaw on that bone, right? Grudges, family feuds. And strangely enough, it tends to justify our hate something that we could easily hang over someone's head. It's as if we're taking and we're an accountant. <laughs> as if we're an accountant. Um, in small group, we ask the question, what is real forgiveness? You know, how do you really forgive someone? It's like, well, does it, does it mean you actually forgive and forget? I don't, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think that the lack of remembering is really necessarily true forgiveness, right? Some hurts you never forget, right? Think of somebody that's been a victim of a crime or a, gosh, God forbid, a, a murder or something like that. You're never going to forget that, right? So just forgetting isn't necessarily forgiving and forgetting. That's not equating that. But I think it has to do with justice, right? If there are any lawyers here, we were talking about a tally sheet. Love goes on in this chapter is keeps no record of wrongs. Wow. Let's just meditate on that for a little bit. If you needed any application point of what love is, what we could do a better job of love, love keeps no record of wrongs. 
Wow. That's a tough one. I can't go through a week without being offended by somebody <laughs> at work, on the street, at the coffee shop, what others are saying next to me. I can't go but a week, sometimes a day, not being irritated or offended by, by something someone has said. Wow, love is, keeps no record of wrongs. So today's message was kind of difficult for me. It kind of led me down this uh, road that was very uncomfortable of being offended by other people uh, because that's what love is. This is what scripture is saying. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Unforgiveness and hate leads us down a road of destruction. Last time I threw this slide up there, this scarcity mentality, and there's only so much to go around, there's competition, there's mistrust, there's blame, there's war, nation against nation. So you might be thinking in your own immediate family or your own self, any unforgiveness, what's going on there? This scarcity mentality of being hurt, self-seeking is as old as mankind and is as current as the current evening news. It's as old as Cain and Abel when God appeared to favor Abel's offering but gave certainly Cain a pathway to uh, doing the right thing. But Cain was so somehow scarcity mentality, right? Just couldn't conceive life with Cain and Abel being in the same household. Abel had to be eliminated. The object of Cain's angst Scarcity mentality as if God's approval, you know, only had, only had a limited quantity that, that God was going to meter out a blessing. We see in the news the Israel and Hamas war. I'm going to take a couple minutes on this video I came across. It appears to be as old as time, but this kind of describes the current events is really... The last hundred years of uh, some current events. Kind of interesting as we read history of, uh, of uh, God promising Moses and the Israelites the, camp, the land of Canaan, you know, take possession of the land. Kind of, this is kind of modern day what happened in our lifetime is that Israel took possession of the land. Well, what happened to the people that were living on the land? Well, they call them Palestinians. And uh, you see this uh, angst back and forth of, uh, of the, no, this is our land. No, this is our land. No, this is our land. And uh, the overtures of peace process on both sides. Remember that guy with the turban? Amwar Sadat, remember that? We, we grew up with him. He was a terrorist of our day, right? But he uh, came to the peace table 
eventually. And what happened there after the peace treaty of Oslo and things like that? Um, Hamas, you know, extremists, they uh, assassinated the peace uh, leaders on both uh, Egypt and, and uh, Israel's side. The people who wanted peace, they assassinated them. So this is an example with the rise of Hamas had a civil war with uh, the guy with the turban, Amar Sadat. You know, we thought he was a terrorist when we were young, right? But he was the, he was the compromiser to these extremists now. Now they had a civil war against uh, Amar Sadat, the PLO, remember? Palestinian, Palestinian Liberation Army, PLO. They were the terrorists when we were young. Now the, these guys are the moderates. And now we have Hamas, who are more extremists and who have vowed to the total destruction of one another. So this is where we stand. This is where we stand. Unforgiveness, a scarcity mentality, is as old as mankind, as, as current as the uh, current news, as is our personal relationships, our personal, interpersonal conflicts. Well, bringing this home, I was thinking, <coughs> these were the exact conflicts that Jesus came to die for, who paid the penalty for these sins. God forgives us our sins so that we can love, so we can agape not because it's the goodness of our own heart, what we're going to get out of it transactionally, is because what the Bible calls, because God first loved us. This apparently is the only way to break the cycle of scarcity mentality. Selfishness is truly a heart transplant, one heart at a time. So before we leave here hopeless... God's kingdom isn't to establish a political kingdom. I don't believe it's necessarily Israel, uh, you know, as a nation. Maybe as Israel, as a spiritual nation, that we are, all of us are part of Israel. But God breaks this cycle by establishing his kingdom in each of our hearts individually, conquering this cycle of, of uh, brokenness by giving us a heart transplant one heart at a time. So God is the change agent in the person of Jesus. He becomes, he wants us to become the change agent as he uh, changes our hearts, one heart at a time, one family at a time, one congregation at a time. So here it is, John, 1 John 4, 7. Dear friends, I, I'm going to use the word agape because this is how God breaks the cycle. We know it as, dear friends, let us love one another. Oh, that sounds so nice, doesn't it? Sounds so nice. But truly, 
as we read this, this is how God breaks the cycle. It's through God's unconditional love for us. Where we were debtors, we were unforgivable. There was a big gap between us and God. Even while we were yet sinners, God gave his life for us. So as we read this, 1 John 4, 7, dear friends, let us agape one another. There it is, breaking the cycle. Let us have unconditional love for one another. For agape comes from God. Everyone who agapes has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not have this agape love does not know God because God's love is agape. This is how God showed his agape love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is agape love. Not that we agape God or worship God or love God, sacrifice to God, go to temple for God, have been faithful with our worship of God. It's not that we have selflessly loved God, but that he agaped us, sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. For we were in debt. Dear friends, since God so loved us, agaped us, we ought to also give that agape love to one another. This is how the cycle is broken. Romans 5, 8 says it well, but God demonstrated his own love for us, even that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Wrapping up in 1 Corinthians 13, agape love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love, agape love, never fails. Where prophecies will cease, where tongues will be sealed, where knowledge will pass away, now these things, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So let's meditate on these things as we talk about conflict, <coughs> as we talk about hurt, as we talk about offenses that we can certainly see in the world that may appear hopeless. God's solution is to give us a heart transplant, one heart at a time, and it begins with us. Let's pray. God, as we look into the world, gosh, uh, we long, we could empathize with the Jews who were looking for, God, a powerful kingdom, a ruling king that would force God, a godliness on the kingdom. Certainly that happened in the Roman times where uh, if people didn't convert to Christianity under the sword, there were dire consequences. But as we know, God, the political 
uh, government is not the kingdom that you wanted to establish. Jesus said, they will tear down the temple, but in three days you would build it. And on Easter, on the third day, God, the temple that you wanted to raise was first God, Jesus' body, who conquered sin and death and paid the penalty for the sins of the world. God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that uh, convicts us, that pursues us, convicts us of our brokenness, that there's nothing uh, we can do as far as humanly. It's not that we agape you, God, Lord, but you pursue us, God, to forgive us even while yet we are sinners. God, you still reach out to love us, to forgive us, uh, to cast away our sins as far as the east is from the west. So God, we thank you and praise you. The Proverbs, the book of Proverbs says, happy is the one whose sins are forgiven. So we praise you in that and we sing, oh, happy day as we uh, leave our congregation today till we meet again. Amen.